0: Blog talk Radio.
1: This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009, featuring winemaker, solar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron.
2: Ron, basically what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that.
1: Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash btr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash btr. And now, all about wine is on.
0: Here's all right.
2: Thank you. of people all excited. All excited. we mm-hmm. got some wonderful guests tonight, so they're all excited to be here for the guests. And mm-hmm. uh, we've got uh, uh, the movie Living Wine. uh was directed by Laurie Miller. And it features winemaker Megan Bell, plus others. But Megan and Lori will be joining us tonight talking about the movie and about the, uh, the natural wine movement. And that's what Megan does, is make natural wine. That's what the movie's about, the natural wine movement. So they will be on, and we will be talking to them shortly. Uh, and uh, next week, we have a little variation from the standard All About Wine program, we are going to be talking to four cigar people and do a show about cigars. Uh, I mentioned before that a lot of people have their wine and cigars or cognac and cigars or any number of things with cigars and we are going to have uh, four of the cigar experts on. Actually, these guys write blogs about cigars and stuff, so it should be interesting. Uh, So mark your calendars and tune in next week for our variation of the show all about wine, and we're going to be talking about cigars. It looks like we have uh, one of our colors in here uh, our guest I'm not sure if it's Lori or Megan but let's bring her on the show and find out hello welcome to all about wine
3: oh hi Ron this is Lori Miller thanks so much for having us
2: all right this is Lori I wasn't sure if you if it was you or Megan so I, <laughs> uh, well thank you for joining us tonight we really do appreciate it uh, there's uh, a lot of things I want to talk about on the natural movement so i sure wish megan would get a chance to join us because yeah some... i'm sure she'll
3: jump on any second um
2: okay good uh yeah. it, the, the natural movement i've talked about it on the program before and it's, it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent but you said only one well there she is i that has to be her because you're already here hello megan it's... welcome to all about wine Hi. Hi. We've already got Lori on the show here, so uh, hey, we're, Megan. We're, all, we're all set here. Uh, I was just telling Laurie that uh, we've talked about natural wine on the show here before in the past and how it's a small part of the wine movement right now. But when you start looking at the whole thing, you've got your organic and you've got your biodynamic and you've got your natural and all these other areas. It seems to me like wine is starting to take a more original, if you will, uh, slant toward uh, the making of wines. Am I not correct on this?
3: That was, uh, I'm, this is probably a question for Megan, but I'll just say this is sort of one of the themes that interested me in, in making the film. I, I was unaware that wine actually wasn't natural when I first started the film. Oh, and when yeah, When I well, yeah. started to find out that it actually, you know, should be natural or originally was made, you know, of course was natural, I wanted to kind of, um, you know, explore this idea, and I was amazed at all the different, you know, philosophies. And you know techniques that could be you know pursued within this sort of broad category um but i I felt making the film that it was starting to really become more interesting to a larger group of people but i'll let I'll let Megan jump in because she's
4: you know the expert on that <laughs>
0: um,
4: yeah i think I think that there's you know within every mass category of wine there are you know, numerous subcategories. And we kind of allow space for that in conventional wine. And then um, people have, in the past, have just sort of pigeonholed all of natural wine into one category. And I think one of the things the film really helps highlight is that there's infinite subcategories of natural wine as well, just like there is with more conventional wines.
2: And that's an interesting point, too, because I well, I rewatched the movie this afternoon. I, I saw it when you first sent it to us. And it's it's great, by the way, I have to tell you, it's, it's very interesting and very informative. But I rewatched it this afternoon so I could remember some of the questions and some of the things I wanted to talk about. And one of the things uh, that it struck me was the fact that you said only one of the little things you had on the screen one percent of the wines in California are natural it which seems awful low and is it just California that is doing the natural movement or is it happening elsewhere in the in in the country and in the world?
4: Oh, it's definitely all over the world it it originates in France um and they've been uh doing it for decades and decades um and then now, in every single wine-producing country, there's lots of producers that um, that are doing natural wine. And, and in the U.S., it's not just California. It's um, all, the, all the major wine-producing states, uh, you know, we have and, – and some of the minor ones, too, which is really fun. Uh, like, lots of people in Oregon and Washington and California, and then also in Texas and Vermont and uh, North Carolina – and New York, <laughs> so a, it's definitely a, a movement all over all over the country and and the world. Well,
2: and yeah, now
0: it one... seems
3: like it seems like oh yeah, and you know the number uh, that we that we put at the end of the film, you know, it's probably even grown since we completed the film. But what we were sort of thinking about were these huge corporate um, makers of wine that just make volumes and volumes and volumes, and just. The The natural wine producers, I think, for the most part, make smaller quantities because they're so thoughtful about how they actually create their wines, whereas the corporate winemakers, you know, I don't need to mention their names, but
0: yeah, know, they, they
3: mass-produce the wine and they get it out, you know, to supermarkets and, and other outlets. So that was sort of the thought behind that. Well,
0: and
4: now yeah, in please. terms of... Go on. Um, in terms of in terms of volume, natural wine is almost nothing. Uh, it's not just that folks in natural wine choose, you know, to they have to be thoughtful. It's that it's not possible to make natural wine over a certain volume just because uh, the potential spoilage, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. because you are dealing dealing with a you know a food, um, the the money you lost. Of that, if something went awry, would just way out outweigh uh, someone's ability to do uh, a natural wine process. So, so that's we're we're limited because it's just not possible. But that's also one of the coolest things about it is that you have to be small. Yeah, and that was
3: one of the things that I loved. Just you know, trying the wines, and now being a lover of natural wine is, you know, each each winemaker's will make wines that taste so different from, you know, year to year and vintage to vintage. And so, but, you know, Megan's describing a process that, you know, is, is thoughtful but also, you know, handmade. And um, in my, you know, mind it creates, you know, really, really amazing layers of flavors that that I was not used to and have come to really love as well.
2: Now, I live in Florida. Okay, now natural wines are noted for not having any extra chemicals added to them. Sulfites will help the wine travel and shelf. Obviously, you don't add extra sulfites, so doesn't that limit the scope of customers because of that? Um,
4: do you mean because the wine can't travel?
2: Well, yeah, it's limited on the the shelf life and how long it will last before it does start showing its age before other wines.
4: I see. Um, So I think that's a common misconception. Uh, So you don't need, you don't really need that high amount of sulfides in order to stabilize a wine. Um, Often folks are just, you know, in conventional winemaking, are just making wine with a recipe of, you know, with red wines we're adding three hundred parts per million across the board, the max you can do, with white wines three fifty, and and that's just what we do, um, no matter no matter whether or not it's needed, um, and then for us, you know, we're trying to do as little as possible, and a tiny amount of sulfites makes a huge difference. And I'm talking like five to 10 parts per million uh, can, can I won't say permanently stabilize the wine, but definitely change the wine. Um, in my opinion, for the better, most of the time, I do add a tiny bit of, I add about 20 parts per million of sulfites um, in all of my wines. Uh, and okay. then another thing about that is that, Sure, we might be adding less sulfites, but our pHs are way lower, which means we have way higher acidity.
0: Mm. When
4: you have high acid wine, the wine is more stable. So these conventional wines, even though they have way more sulfites added for, quote-unquote, stabilization, um, the pHs are insanely high. The wines are not acidic at all. They're made in a, a very heavy, fruity, you know, kind of chocolatey, syrupy style, so uh, <laughs> sort of, it's sort of like a give and take of which is more stable, like pH or sulfites, so.
2: Right, yeah, I, I understand, I, I, when I was making wine and I had the winery, uh, I had a winery and I was bringing my sulfites, to about 40, 50 parts per million. And uh, just to stabilize it and, you know, it's a little bit longer shelf life. But the, the reason I said that is because I have been to liquor stores and I go, where's your natural wine? And they take me to a section. There might be one or two bottles there. And that's it. And every time I question it at any liquor store I go in, the person who answers the question always says, well, because they don't travel well, and so we can't get them in. Well, yeah, you know, I it just... Not seems, true. <laughs> yeah, it seems silly to me. I mean, it really, it really did. I mean, but, you know, I'm not going to start arguing with them about it, because well, you can't win those arguments. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: I, I
0: think no matter that, how much
2: you try. I
4: think that there's there's just a lot of, uh, just just like the entire wine industry there's a lot of misinformation because for some reason we we make it seem like people are supposed to know about wine if they're you know a certain class or they make a certain amount of money or something uh, when really wine just like any any other subject requires time and learning um so I think that in instead of actually just Saying like you know, I'm not sure about that. People just sort of make up You're reasons right. for this. Oh. So they perpetuate that, a lot of misconceptions that way.
0: You
2: are so right. I believe me. I've I've been through that many times myself, <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll Why just hurt? throw
3: in there. You know, all the winemakers that I um, followed in the film, they all use sulfur to stabilize their wine. Similarly to what Megan was saying. So I do think this is a myth that's out there and a misconception. And it's it's great to be able to talk about that, you know, for an audience. Yeah,
2: well, it, you know, it was never mentioned, and, and that's why I was bringing it up now. It wasn't mentioned in the film. And mm-hmm. people have this fear of sulfites, as you all probably know. <laughs> uh, and when you start saying why well, I, I add this little bit of sulfites, people are you know, immediately grab their head and say, oh, I've got a headache now. You know, I mean, you know, it's it, it's ridiculous. And people need to understand that a little bit of sulfites is not a bad thing. And, you know, you have to look at the other aspects, like you say, the pH and the, and the acid and all that stuff really brings out the taste more than anything the sulfites are going to do. So.
4: Absolutely. And, and with, with sulfites, like, I'll say two, two things about it. I don't like to give it too much uh, lip service just because it's such a ridiculous argument. But um, is, our, bodies, our bodies naturally produce sulfites, the exact yes. same compounds that we're adding to wine, at about 10 parts per million per day. Uh, and then also, sulfites are in uh, all processed meat. Everything. Um, <laughs> everything. And everything. also... A lot of these folks who who say things like that about sulfite. Oh, sulfites give me a headache. And then I say, Oh, do you eat dried fruit? <laughs> and they're yes, like, Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, dried fruit is sulfured. Mo- most dried fruit, except for sulfur is has a level of sulfites that exceeds the max that wine can have. So. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. Um. A lot of the <laughs> <laughs> Funny you mention that. Like that you used to be my argument too to people. Oh, sulfides give me a headache. I said, Do you like dried fruit? It contains about three hundred and fifty parts per million mm-hmm. and, you know, they look at me like, Well, no, yeah, yeah. So I'm I am i am sorry. I just I used the same argument and I just had to Yeah.
3: I'm gonna throw <laughs> one thing in too when I was interviewing I think it was Derek, he was saying that he thinks that the reason why people get headaches from conventional wine is from um the addition of possibly one two three or five additives. And as he thinks the cocktail of the additives and not the sulfur is what's giving people headaches when they drink wine. I don't know if Megan, Megan, do, do, do you have the same philosophy about that? Um, that's act, That was something I learned
4: making the film. Um, it certainly could be that, but I have a different theory, which is it's simply residual sugar. Like ah, when people yeah. are out drinking, yeah. uh, Cocktails that have a lot of sugar at bars all night, they're always super mm-hmm. hungover, you know, mm-hmm. because of all that sugar. And conventional wine is full of residual sugar because it's mm-hmm. made for, you know, to be tailored to an American palate. And they've done studies <laughs> about, you know, what, what the mass wine drinkers want, and they want sugar. So when they're drinking a bunch mm. of wine, you end up with a crazy hangover because you were – drinking basically cocktails in your wine. <laughs> yeah,
2: Otherwise. and not to mention alcohol, and alcohol is going to give you a headache too, I mean, if if you're not careful with that. And so you sure. get the combination Absolutely. of sugars and alcohol, and, you know, you're going to have a headache. I mean, that's simple, and, you know, but you're right. I think it is sugars more than anything that, that causes But sulfite, I mean, wine contains all sorts of stuff, and these big commercial wineries do... Play with it a lot to try to come up with the ultimate every year the same taste, and you know I bought this five years ago, and it's so good, and I keep drinking it year after year. well, it takes some manipulation and some chemicals and stuff to get that balance and and so I'm sure there are different things there, and you know it's uh you can't convince people otherwise, I'm afraid though so. Wow.
3: Yeah, well, we tried to address that a little bit in the film, and you know, I think one of the reasons I kept going—I wasn't sure, you know, was this going to be a short a feature? Was it going to be anything? But um, I was just so surprised uh, to learn what you just explained that, uh, and and what Megan just mentioned—it's uh, people's palates demand a, a certain taste, and okay. and the winery, yeah. the commercial wineries want the wines to taste the same every year, and that was. So interesting to me. I, I was like, "Wow, we got to get that in there
2: too." Yeah, and, and it's it's uh, it's amazing. You made a good point of that, though. Uh, that well, all the different winemakers mentioned that. Uh, Megan, I have to. You mentioned something about the women and how they're treated in Napa. Is that still going on now in this day and age?
4: Oh yeah, I mean it's certainly not just Napa. It's it's everywhere
2: well wine Everywhere. yeah well we're talking <laughs> yeah. about wine but i mean you know it yeah but I, I mean you know just from what you're saying you know it just it seemed like it seemed like the wine industry has matured past that but maybe it hasn't
4: uh, i would say it definitely has not um wow. i am a, a sensitive to it now just because um the the way in which i i interact with you know vendors and other people in the community is uh is sort of kind of professional and kind of cold and powerful just given my position now but uh as i was learning and working for other folks um i was the you know same exact person but a lot more timid because i was building my career and trying to learn and still uh, unsure and um and, and that type of that type of attitude is exactly where most of the wine industry wants women to be. They wow. want them to feel unsure they don't belong in the space um, and and I don't think that that is particular to the wine industry. <laughs> I think that no
2: it's <laughs> it, it's incorporated it's in a lot of stuff. there's no question about it, but i no, it surprised me about the wine industry, and I really do agree with you. It's not just in the wine industry; it's in all all fields of our society. But I thought the wine industry has matured past that. I really do. I mean, the the wine people I know uh, em- embrace women as part of their system, and at, you know. But it's here in Florida, and there's not as many wineries, and it's not as big as California, obviously. But it just surprised me to hear that. You said that in the movie.
4: Yeah, I think that um, a lot of, you know, the places I'm thinking of where I've had bad experiences would also say that they embrace women in their their industry, but we need to actually talk to the women and hear from their point of view how it felt to work at the place instead of just taking – you know
2: huh. the, the word. That's an the interesting, of the <laughs> interesting point. There you go, Laura. There's another documentary. Yeah. For
4: you. Well, I mean, one of the
2: things that I
3: thought was so interesting about the way Megan was describing this is a lot of the um, discrimination is is very very subtle. It's sort of like, well, would you rather do this instead? You know? Or um, yeah. You know, I a friend of mine who is a lawyer in the film industry recently got her daughter golf lessons, and she said. The reason why is because in the film industry, all the deals get made playing golf, and very few women play golf. So there's kind of these Mm -hmm. very subtle things that go on that may not seem obvious, but they really do add up and they make a difference. And um, I think it's really great to be able to talk about those as well.
2: That would be a great documentary, you know, to to explore that and not... uh, uh, accusatory way but in a enlightening way uh, I think people would be receptive to them yeah right in a positive
4: way yeah sorry Megan yeah yeah I say the same thing I think you really hit the nail on the head there it's not about being accusatory and you know jumping down people's throats it's about showing people that that actually these folks feeling the way that they're supposedly feeling and you know kind of Opening up a window into that and have, so having more and more people have this realization like, "Oh, um maybe in my own life, in my own job, maybe they own something or they're a manager, maybe I should be like asking the women that work for me about this. you know it's all it's yeah, all connected exactly. and it's, it's about being welcoming to that idea and sharing, trying to work together for a better future.
2: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think that's good. Laurie, you've got yourself your next movie there, right? right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I
3: mean, it, it, I think <laughs> it's really interesting. And there, the, the thing, you know, that I also kind of picked up making, making the film is there are just so many aspects to the wine industry. There's the, you know, there was a story a few years ago that came out about um, the, you know, how do you become a... High-level sommelier, and I probably mispronounced that. And
2: no, there's a lot That's of
3: discrimination good. in that in that world as well. Um, oh, yeah. there's you know, it's it's just it's throughout the wine industry, and and as Megan said earlier, just every industry. And I think yes. it's um, it's it's really great to be able to you know put some of that out there and just just have people think a little bit more about maybe some of the either subtle or more obvious ways that it continues to go on.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I have to say I was, you know, I'm being a little bit enlightened myself now because I didn't realize that it was that rampant in the wine industry. I thought the wine industry had had uh, progressed past that, but obviously not, hmm. which is sad. It's sad to think that it hasn't, but uh, yeah yeah it really it really is uh Megan you said at the beginning of the movie that you were sitting there waiting for your grapes to come in, and I understood that that was before your vineyard was producing. Did you purchase your first grapes and were those natural or organic? what uh, clarify this would uh, you please
4: sure so I have always purchased my grapes because I don't own any land um oh, i okay. do I do help farm a vineyard uh the one in the movie, Larry the owner and I farm that okay. together and I'm the only one that has commercially made wine from that vineyard um, oh, okay. but i still, I still purchase those grapes from Larry even though I help farm them. And that's just one of about 12 vineyards that I work with. And I oh, don't help fun. farm at any of the others because just farming one is a full-time thing. Um, so yeah. all of the others, I actually purchase the fruit. And
0: okay. Um, okay. When,
4: when I first started, the vineyard that I worked with was not organic. Um, but I really, really wanted it to be. So over the last, like, about five or six years, I helped growers transition their vineyards to organic through um, you know being a resource of connecting them with other people being just another year to bounce ideas off of uh, and just continuing to encourage them toward this idea with the goal for them of me being able to purchase a larger amount of fruit from them so like it's it's easier for them because if it's organic, then I then I can go kind of all in on it at these smaller vineyards. Whereas if it's not, I'm like, well, if you're only going to farm part of it organic, then I only want that part, and then they have to deal mm-hmm. with a bunch of different buyers, so it ends up so complicated for them. Um, and as of vintage 2021, last year, all 12 vineyards I work with are organic.
2: Oh, fantastic! All right. Have you ever used? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Laurie.
3: No, I wasn't going to say anything. I just, um, I'll just reiterate that um, pretty much, almost everyone in the film had had a similar model as Megan's. The the resources that one would need to own, you know, property in Northern California and um, you know own these farms, um, you know, it, it's not really conducive to maybe a, an entrepreneur who, you know, starting out on their own. So I, I thought this was really – we didn't really address it in the film, but I personally thought it was a great business model that um, all the winemakers were helping um, convert conventional um, – we, we did show Derek working um, with, with Ben, um, who's actually mm-hmm. my brother, uh, converting his, his uh, vineyards, to organic, but I think that you know maybe they'll make a dent over time, uh, working, spreading their message and and helping to you know change change these uh, these uh, farms from conventional to organic or regenerative farming.
2: You know, organic, yeah, organic. I mean, the certification. I, it takes about five years to get your full certification on it. It's, it's not an easy process to do that. Um, Uh, You you just said something there, Lauren, that caught me. Your brother, was he, is he part of the...
3: uh, Yeah, my brother's how I got involved in the subject matter. He he just has a very, very small vineyard. Um, He does some farming um, kind of on the side, and he he had uh he got me interested in the subject i didn't know that natural wine existed which almost seems unbelievable at this point because <laughs> you know <laughs> it's such a big part of my life at this point but um you know and that was sort of the inspiration he he it's a long story but he had his house had burned down in the in the tub's fire in Santa Rosa and he found a property that was kind of off the grid that had a small vineyard and he was very interested in you know making wine and and making you know all kinds of food um, and he found out that the vineyard was being farmed with um, all kinds of synthetic pesticides, including Roundup. And he connected mm-hmm. with uh, Derek who was who's also in the film, um, mm-hmm. also a natural winemaker, and started the, the conversion process. And I filmed just a little bit of that. But I, I do think this um, you know, the conversion of vineyards is, is a really positive development. Even if it's done on a small scale, people start to hear about it and and yeah. want to learn how to do, um, you know, farming that's better for the environment.
2: Oh, by all means. Uh, Megan, back to you again. Or uh, Biodynamic, have you looked at any vineyards that are doing biodynamic, and do you think it would make a difference in the natural wine movement?
4: Um. I, a long time ago, I was a biodynamics coordinator for a season uh, at one Where of my you internships. Or, uh-huh. huh. Yeah, it, it was really great. So my job was to uh, harvest the plants for the for the sprays around the property. That for biodynamics, the sprays that you spray onto the leaves and ground are usually found from local plants plants that are right around the vineyard that's the goal and there's right. specific plants that you that you use so I would harvest them and then I would make the biodynamic teas out of them it's exactly what it sounds like just soaking those leaves in water and then <laughs> with a, with a special sprayer set up that we had kind of jerry rigged I would then um, fill up the copper tanks on the ATV and then do the sprays uh, in the vineyard so I learned a lot about Biodynamics there, that was in Oregon. And then I also worked at Burn Cottage in New Zealand, which is an organic vineyard mm-hmm. in uh, Otago And I definitely think biodynamics is great. It's not as complicated as people make it out to be. It's simply about using uh, the plants that we have for their, uh, their natural remedies, like their uh, anti-mildew properties, their uh, anti-pest properties. Uh, that's it. And, you know, it seems like sort of a woo-woo complicated thing, but it's just about using what we already have instead of spraying synthetic <laughs> uh, chemicals.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: well, I, I think the thing with biodynamic, though, everybody goes, oh, yeah, okay, is because of the the planting of the horns by the moon phases and things like that. And I think it's sort of like a uh, – oh, some people look at it as uh, – uh I don't know, voodoo? No, that's a bad word. But you know, you're you're it's not like something you would normally do and I think that's what's giving biodynamics sort of a a strange reputation is because of some of the practices that go with it. Not yeah, just the the that, spring stuff.
4: Yeah, I think people are just um less and less connected to, to the natural world. So doing something by the phases of the moon sounds kind of crazy to us in America, yeah, yeah. but we did things by the phases of the moon for millennia. That is, you know, it, it's part of how people evolved. It's part of this planet. And it, it's not that crazy to follow a moon calendar when you spend more time outside and, and when you live a life that's more determined by the seasons. Um So it's, you know, if people have ever been camping uh, you know, if they've been camping on a, on a night of a new moon versus the night of a full moon, like it makes the whole experience feel totally different.
0: Mm-hmm. And nope. it's
4: not that crazy of an idea, you know, it's just a very different feeling. Um, So, so the same thing applies. Uh, that said, I don't currently work with any biodynamic vineyards. I would love to incorporate that into the vineyard that I farm. However, I still am a one-person company, and I just don't have time to do that yet.
2: And and it becomes a very time-consuming project, too, when you start, you know, switching over from one stall to another. Yeah. Uh, The (coughs) – excuse me. uh, Laurie, the natural wine movement, is it something that – you hope is going to catch on more with this film. Are what is what is your ultimate goal of making this film?
3: Well, I think the the goal was kind of multi layered. I just I found the people in the film really really inspirational, and i I think that our world right now is just so corporatized and commercialized, and <laughs> it was just I was felt just so lucky to be able to meet. This diverse group of people that were doing things um, based on their their interior belief system and not you know what outside society was kind of telling them what to do and I was hoping that that would be you know inspirational to the next generation of young people going out into the world as they pursue their careers so that was that was one thing that I was just fell so in love with making the film. Um, and you know the the other thing I I felt like is you know when it comes to um, trying to fight the corporate marketing you know industrial complex you know it's, it, you, it's you know <laughs> little a little filmmaker like me doesn't have a lot of power but I did ho- I do hope that people some people will see the film and want to try try natural wines because I think number one they're just unbelievably delicious and. Um, you know wonderful to drink, but I do think that if consumers um start to change their behaviors it it does put pressure on the corporations and it gives the uh the natural wine entrepreneurs um a bigger platform it's better it's better for the environment it's better for our health it's just it's just a win win so yes hoping that people people will try natural wine
2: well embrace it uh-huh. good good uh, yes yeah. uh, and uh- well, Lori, you can be part of this answer, too. Natural wines. I've had natural wines, and I, I've i had my winery. i had natural wines. I've closed the winery, but I've had natural wines. I've had biodynamic. I've had, uh, you know, the gamut of possibilities on wines. And I know what I'm looking for because I'm a wine person. You know what you're looking for because you're wine people. But we'll the average consumer out there who picks up a bottle of natural wine really see the difference? Um,
4: yeah, definitely. That, <laughs> they're going <be> to be <laughs> to It's the difference. It's it's like apples and oranges. It's just a totally, totally different product. Like with uh, if people are just used to buying wines off the shelf at the grocery store you know most of those are made by the same three companies huge conglomerates in the U.S. and a lot of those are actually the exact same wine just with a different label put on it um which is totally legal uh and and if that's all you've ever had then having a wine that is literally alive like our natural wines if you put them on a slide under a microscope, they would move, um, which is good. It's like, it's like different types of juice and kombucha, you know, beverages that are actual living, healthy, fermented beverages uh, for you. Um, (laughs) They taste, they taste so juicy and bright and uh, crunchy. and, And it's like drinking fruit because, because you're actually drinking just grape juice that was fermented for the first time instead of what you thought was just fermented grape juice, but was actually grape juice with, you know, 20 other additives in it to make it taste that way.
2: Processed, processed. Yes. (laughs) A lot of wineries do process their wines. So, well, crunchy. I don't know if I would use crunchy for a wine. That would scare people. Um, The... uh, the natural compared to process, okay, uh, to the conglomerates. But if someone is into, say, uh, organic, is natural wine uh, a better taste than the organic? Would you say?
3: I mean, from my um, point of view, that that was a distinction that I learned making the film. It's, com- it natural wine is so much tastier than organic because the thing. I'll just give a quick answer and throw it over to Megan. But my understanding is that organic wine may also be, might be processed in the production portion of making of the wine. So you're not getting the actual just fruit the way Megan was describing a little bit earlier. Yeah, please correct me
4: on that one. No, you're exactly right. Uh, uh, Wines that are labeled as organic wine, that's a totally different. Uh, distinction, which is really a bummer that we've made this so confusing for consumers. Like, I get it. I totally understand why people are like, wait, what? Um, But organic wine simply simply means that the grapes were from an organic vineyard, and there were no added sulfites. However, there are 70-plus other additives that can be added to wine that you don't need to list on the label, and you are allowed to use those in organic wine. So organic wine is not necessarily natural wine.
2: Mm-hmm, but natural wine
4: I've had
3: organic wines that have that generic taste that we were talking about that a lot of the commercial wineries um, try to try to create when they're making their wines. And it was surprising to me, and I realized, you know, this is,
1: you know, I hope
3: that people, um, you know, are able to tell the difference because I, I think I think the natural wines are the, you know, The as as somebody said in the film, are much more like tasting the actual grape.
2: And and, and good. That's that's really what they should be looking for. Then. So if you're going to compare a natural wine to organic or regular wines, then you would say grapey would be the one word descriptor there.
4: I would say fresher.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. I would say so,
3: multi-layered. I think the flavors are, you know, they, they're they interesting. And, you know, you can't get tired of the wines.
2: Now, are you uh, – well, okay, because I'm – you know, people are listening to this and they're going, oh, natural wine, what's what's the big deal with – you know, and I'm, I'm going to try to establish – what they should be looking for if they go out and buy a natural wine. Now, why (laughs) – okay, I went out to try to find natural wine. I tried to find some natural wine. and tried to find some biodynamic wines at the stores and stuff like this. And there are so few of them out there. And some stores I'd go into, and I found this one store, Lucans. I don't know if they have those on the West Coast. But – uh, liquor chain here, Lucan's and I went to this one. A very knowledgeable person, and he said that a lot of times you don't see labels telling you that they are natural or biodynamic because people are afraid of those labels. Uh, your thoughts on that comment? Um, I, I don't
4: think that's necessarily accurate but um the thing about finding natural wine is that you can't really find it at the normal like liquor store or grocery store you really need to go to a wine shop or restaurant that sells natural wine and and then their whole list is going to be natural and then you're going to be able to choose from tons of different things and if there's like a certain wine style that you have in mind that you really like in, like, the conventional wine world, you are going to be able to find something similar to that in natural wine. You just have to communicate with the the shop um, representatives to let them know what you're looking for, and, and they're going to be able to pick something out that you're almost guaranteed going to like. Uh, if, if you take, you know, three bottles, I'm sure you'll like at least one, and you'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, this has some flavors that are familiar to me, but they're so much more multifaceted than I've ever tried before. Oh, and make... I just want to throw in there
3: that many of the the natural winemakers actually you can buy their wines and try them directly from their websites as well. And there are all kinds of websites that you know list multiple natural winemakers. You can try different ones from time to time. But uh, oh, you, you can order wine from Megan, which is delicious. That's the one.
2: Before we leave, I'm going to have Megan give all her information so people can. Um, the uh, what I lost what I was going to say there. Natural. Oh, oh, I know one. Uh, what grapes do you use, Megan? What what is your wines? What are what are the ones you use, and what are the wines you make?
4: Uh, So I make so many different, I make about 20 different types of wine. I do, and I focus uh, lesser-known vineyards and varietals um, that are, quote-unquote, on the margins. That's why the company is called Margins Wine. So um, how I choose is just, is it an organic vineyard, is it a unique grape, Or is it a region that nobody has heard of, and maybe the grape is a little less unique? Um, But the the biggest amount, the biggest volume of wine that I make is Chenin Blanc. Um, But then I make about, like I said, about nineteen others. Uh, I make lots
2: of red wine as well. uh, Give me some, give me some of the obscure ones that you're making. I'm, I'm very curious about that.
4: Sure. Um I make Negrette. Ah. Um, I make Acirtico. I make Verdejo. Uh um, Mouved. Umred Naviolo. Uh, Muscat Blanc. Uh, and then I also make like Pinot Noir. I also make Pinot that everyone's heard of, you know. Oh, yeah. Um
2: Sardiné. And
4: yeah, I try to do. A, I don't make Sardonnay, but you I try to do try to do a wide variety of different types of grapes um, that are all done in a similar style, but taste totally different just because the grape is different. And you're really with natural wine, including mine. You're getting to taste just what that grape tastes like without being manipulated. Oh,
2: that that's a great great approach to it. I like that. That would give people a chance to try these different obscure grapes that they probably heard of but never tried and want to know what they taste like. And they try yours and they'll get spoiled and want to and not be able to go back to any others.
4: (laughs) I mean, that's the goal, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is
2: the goal. That is the goal. (laughs) Uh, Lori, do you have plans for your next project yet uh do you know what you're looking at in the future
3: yeah you know thanks for asking that i i am working on a few ideas um but nothing nothing is is up and running yet so I, i don't have any news but uh we're also you know working on the distribution of this of this one for a few months and um hopefully i'll i'll have something up and running in 2023
2: Oh well, you know. Again, you're gonna to have to do a documentary on women in the workforce too. That I think that would be very, very interesting. Um, you say distribution. I love that idea. I, mean, I think it's great. I personally do. Yeah. I think it's fantastic because I, I was uh, again speaking of the wine industry. I thought we had progressed further than what you have said we do. So, um, um, so Lori. You say distribution. Where is the movie going to be opening? And, uh, you know, tell us what's happening with this so people can jump out there and actually see what we're talking about here.
3: Oh, great. Yeah, the film for a few months is is going to be uh, screening in independent movie theaters uh, throughout the country. Uh, we have a distributor, Brahma Rama is their name, and we have a website called Wine Film, wine.film, and it will list all the upcoming screenings, um, which will be posted as they, as they book them. This coming weekend, we're opening up at the Quad Theater in um, New York. We're going to be at the Lemley Theater in Santa Monica. Um, and we have screenings booked um, in, in a few other places. So we're in about 10 cities right now. And oh, um, no. we're, uh, they, you know, we're hoping to keep, to keep it rolling
2: for a while. So Wine Film, if people go to wine.film, they can check Living Wine and see where you're going to be coming to a theater near them? Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, And, Megan, what – oh, before I forget, too, and I just heard my wife stuck her head in the door here uh, and – Right before we came, you guys joined us and said that there's vineyards burning in France right now, about the size of the city of Paris. And I was shocked to hear that. I didn't know if you'd heard that yet, but the heat over there and all that, uh, y'all can sympathize with uh, the problems of fires around vineyards. I'm sure. So. That's just a sad thing there. And since I did mention fires, uh, Megan, have you had any problem with smoke paint?
4: Um, In 2020, it was definitely an issue. Yeah. I mean, you saw, you saw the movie, everything in California was burning from the lightning fires that summer, uh, including the areas that I live and work in and, Um, Luckily, the vineyard that I farm wasn't shrouded in smoke for very long, so the fruit was usable, Um, but uh, lots of vineyards in this area had to just drop their crops because um, there was actually smoke just sitting outside of the grapes for, you know, a month, and grapes just, like, just just like our skin grapes have pores and they transpire they basically breathe through their skin so if if there is uh just smoke around them that is getting incorporated inside of the grape so and it's definitely an juice. issue smoke um smoke taint is going to be a huge problem uh going forward especially in California and as we see in Australia and France and I'm sure all over the world uh unless we can make some major changes but uh yeah the wine industry is definitely working on researching um ways to combat smoke taint and natural wine you know doesn't have the luxury of of using a chemical corrective uh so we have an especially large challenge uh before us as as smoke taint continues to be an issue Uh,
2: without question i mean it's uh uh, I've talked about smoke taint in fact whenever I see any new reports or stuff like that I always bring it up and one of the things I it, it brought up is how they're finding new ways to combat it with chemicals but the natural wine movement is pretty much stuck uh because of your name natural and so <laughs> Yeah that, that,
4: yeah, so we we learned a lot as a movement in 2020 um, with natural wine and how to how to still make wine with uh, potentially smoke tinted grapes. And really, what it ends up being is a lot of rosé. And because when <laughs> yeah. you pre- when you press really light on the grapes and you don't leave them on the skins for very long to get that red wine color, and you just press and right away super light, and you end up getting the pink wine. Uh, you can really combat the issue of smoke taint that way and luckily people love the taste of rosé so it it could be worse um but people should definitely expect to see less and less red wines uh on the on the shelves of natural wine shops um any year that there was a fire
2: yeah okay that's something to be aware of there um lori did was climate change something that you attended to address? Uh, was it just something you had to address because it's so obvious in uh, California and, well, and around the world, but in California, and affecting the natural wine movement?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the really interesting things about making documentaries is, you know, you can't really – determine exactly where the story is going to go when you start your exploration. And I did feel that it was going to be a part of the story because we were already dealing with higher temperatures and droughts, you know, in California, and forest fires on and off. Um, and I started to become, one of the reasons I was interested in the subject was from the farming side um, you know, I, I realized that industrial farming, whether it's vineyards or any type of agriculture is terrible for the environment, climate change. So I started to research that and, you know, I was hoping to layer the, the farming piece into the film and literally in the middle of making the film, the, the, the wildfires, you know, came wow. and it just, it just drove the, the issue home. It's, you know, like Megan said, unless we make changes really quickly you know we're we're not in a good place and um i just i I was glad to have the opportunity to show this, but it was just very upsetting to see um the winemakers going through this, and um continues to be
2: oh yeah, and like I say, is you know in France right now they're having major major fires and vineyards and stuff and it's, it's continuing around the world I, I, I've addressed this quite a bit on the program over the years and it's not something that's going away I'm afraid it's something that's here with us for a while and
3: yeah, it's really you know. tragic you know just to see that it's happening in, in Bordeaux where you know they are working with these very very what I assume are very old vines as well so we're, we're losing yes. a piece of history um, as well
2: no, yeah, it's 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 devastating it really is and it's like you say extremely sad um the uh uh, uh Megan you you mentioned uh 19 wines price range from what to what
4: um from they they range from about $28 to $35 i try to keep oh, them well that's reasonable uh,
2: that's that's not in a bad. very reasonable no i was you know i mean when you start talking california wines you start talking 50 60 80 you know i mean you know when you're keeping that around 35 dollars and lower that's really a good price i i'm i'm impressed with your price structure already (laughs) that's great thank you yeah i I want
4: i want lots of different people to be able to actually try these wines, um, and I don't want them to be cost prohibitive for everyone. I understand that, you know, $30 is still quite a bit to pay for a lot of people, but hopefully that's something that they could splurge on as like a special bottle uh, and have it full.
2: And if it's something that they enjoy, it's something that they can work into their budget. I, I used to always tell people when they came out to the winery, I said, don't always go back to your default wines that cost $10, 12 Every once in a while, jump up and grab a wine that cost uh, uh, $25, $30. I said, you will be amazed at the difference. And I used to have mm-hmm. people come back in and tell me, oh, once I tried those, I could never go back to the 10 or $12 bottle of wine again. So that what would happen with you. They would try yours and go, oh, I can never go back to those again. So... Uh, <laughs> they would get them hooked on them right away. Uh, okay, before we leave here, Megan, tell us contact information, your web address, your uh, Facebook uh, uh, email, a- any way that anybody can get a hold of you or the winery t- if they want to order wines or check it out and all that.
4: Sure. Um, I'm really easy to find. I'm on Instagram. I'm just at marginswine, Margins Wine, M-A-R-G-I-N-S. W I N E and the website is the same marginsline.com
2: Very good. Okay. And uh we uh you have you like you say a whole bunch of different wines so somebody can always find something that they can enjoy and all that. And do you ship to almost every state or are you limited or uh, what do you, what's your shipping uh
4: I do ship to almost every state. Um, this time of year is not a good time to be shipping no, wine. No, it's much- not at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Once it cools down again, yes, I am shipping to more than more than uh, 40 states.
2: Fantastic. Okay. And Lori, Living Wine, uh, a comment on why people should go see this?
3: Well, I think you know, as we said, it, it addresses you know so many levels of issues that we're we're going through in society right now, um, climate change being one of them. But I just think uh, whoever doesn't know about natural wine might really enjoy learning about it and uh, seeing these people at work.
2: Yes, it is a very interesting show, Mike. Before uh, we say goodbye to Lori and Megan, uh, any comments? Anything you'd like to ask them?
1: Uh, No, you've already. uh, I had a couple of questions uh, regarding the uh, movie distribution. You already covered that and how uh, Lori got uh, involved in it, in the in the uh, subject and everything. So you answered that. Um, I had a question about uh, a video I was watching on Margins Wine. Uh, I believe that was uh, Megan. Um, It's it's the video on the about page, and I couldn't figure out what you were doing the wine barrel. Uh, it has some kind of pipe going out of it, but I I couldn't figure it out. And now I'm thinking, well, it's called Look-See. Is she looking in the barrel with a flashlight, or is that like it looked like a straw? And I was like, is she drinking <laughs> what's, how, what's she's drinking. What's going on? A I don't know. The but
0: it, <laughs> yeah, it,
1: um, it, it yeah. looks like a possibility. I don't know what you <laughs> what is that.
4: <laughs> Anyone <laughs> who would was, wants to check that out, you can find that video on the uh, about uh, page mm-hmm. of my website. And that's. That's yeah. actually really simple. It is like a straw. It's connected to a pump, and it's how we move wine around in the winery. It's how we move wine in and out of barrels uh, with with that kind of giant straw.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> part, but the, the I <laughs> I kind of got that part. But you're holding something. I I can't tell if it's a flashlight in this video. I didn't. I should maybe I should watch it full screen. Uh, is it a flashlight? Or I'm, You like- were looking real close.
4: Um, that's okay. a great question. That video was filmed <laughs> three years ago, so I'm probably holding oh. a flashlight, and I'm probably filling <laughs> barrels, um, to, so okay. I'm, I'm probably looking to see is. how much is left in there. Um,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I paused I paused it, and I go, that looks like a flashlight. Maybe she's just looking in there, but I thought you were, like, doing some kind of taste test or something. I don't know, um, but that – that was it and I'm glad we got uh, we got all the uh information out on on where it's showing and, and uh everyone please uh go check out wine.film uh there's plenty of information there um, you can watch a trailer of uh Living Wine as well as uh more information out there plus uh press releases and and uh the director statement which I'm on now um, yeah just uh, check it out for more information about the documentary and visit marginswine dot com and uh check out everything there including that video on the about page and uh, see what you <laughs> it's, uh, three years ago okay <laughs> memory there you go um but uh, yeah there's uh looks like you have a wine club uh shopping you know online but again this time of year I'm not too sure too uh it's hard. like a hundred and something anyway yeah. Yeah, yeah way way too much but uh oh that's fantastic well uh, thank you all for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It was, it was very, very good and informative, for sure. Uh, uh, thank you. Kind Really, the really appreciate the
2: opportunity. Thanks thank you me. both very much for taking the time out this uh, evening, or this afternoon, since you're on the West Coast, uh, for joining us on the show. we very very informative, like Mike just said, and uh, people get out and watch the movie and check out the website for Margin Wines and order some wines. You don't have to get them right away, but you know, get your orders okay. in for uh, for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So yeah, there you go. Thank you both for joining Thank us you
1: tonight.
4: Thanks,
2: Thanks so
1: much. Have a good day. You have Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye now. Thank you. Oh, oh, that's loud. Wow, that was loud. It took to back bad. away a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the
2: applause. <laughs> All right. All right. Great. Great interview. To... That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Uh, there you go. Uh, interesting, yeah, interesting cool. stuff. I watched the movie again, like I told him, I watched the movie again this afternoon just to refresh mm-hmm. myself on some of the questions I wanted to ask, because that, when I watched it the first time, when you first sent it to me uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was, mm-hmm. when I watched it the first time, yeah. I said, oh, I need to ask about that, I Need to ask." That. and then I, you know, forgot, so I figured uh, it out. Know, so I haven't I watched it yet.
1: On, I'm like, um, oh, you I haven't. Oh, no, to... go... oh, I need to. Yeah, I need to go. You need go, to go see it. Yeah, and... it's it's,
2: nice. it's interesting. Um, it really is interesting. Huh. Uh, interesting what they had yeah. to say about organic. There's some nice scenes on there about uh, uh, about what they're doing. And uh, there was another guy who uh, was on there a lot. Oh, geez, I got a blank right now. I can't think of his name, but uh, uh, he was talking about uh, the. Uh, the natural movement and stuff like that. And we were talking about the different wineries, mm-hmm. It was, it's very interesting. You, you'll enjoy it. So, uh,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You go
1: you. check it out.
2: It's <clears> like <throat> an hour and a half long. So uh, allow the time for it, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was very
1: yeah, good. Definitely. Well, I was watching, so, I was watching the one that, uh, whoever filmed the one with Megan, uh, on their, on the, uh, margins wine website on the about page there's a part where they just show the vineyard and it's there's no music no talking no quiet it's just uh, kind of like a, a breeze and and what are the crickets i guess what what makes the yeah. crickets i don't know but uh, to that, and I was like, oh my god i could i could fall asleep i mean just you know <laughs> and just relax you know and, and the video was well done and, and you know just a great uh, view of the vineyard and everything and it was it was uh even that, you know, just taking a quick tour of uh, everything and seeing everything she does there. She does a lot. I mean, she's she does she's a lot. Yeah, driving the equipment, it, uh, you know, ploughing everything, carrying uh, the the I don't know barrels or something. I mean, it's like wow. Yeah, it shows it on work. the video
2: on the on the movie too. It it shows her, hmm. you know, doing all sorts of different stuff and all that. She does keep herself. Quite yep. busy, and uh, she does an excellent job. I'm, yep. I'm definitely going to have to check the site and order a couple of wines from there because I, I'm really mm-hmm. curious. You know, they're talking about the natural wines. I've had natural wines, but it would be nice to get a natural wine directly from the winery. And uh, yeah. That that would be the especially after talking
1: to talk the winemaker.
2: Yes, <laughs> especially yes. after talking
1: to the winemaker, you go, oh, yeah, talk
2: I to the winemaker and get the natural <laughs> wine. That, that's yeah, that's be good. So, going to have to order yeah. some of those. i will mm. probably wait until it cools down a little bit, though, because shipping wine across country at in this temperature, it's would cook it. Mm. I mean, literally, it would cook it. Really? So, yeah, it they would. They don't it it would,
1: like a special. Uh,
2: they don't no, give it like a special uh, in,
1: cooling or anything.
2: No, Hmm. put it in a box and ship it. And right now, Arizona, Hmm. all the wineries in Arizona have signs up, if you order wine now, we will not ship until the end of September because it's just too hot to try to ship. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, a lot of of places do that. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure New Mexico does the same thing. And some hotter areas, they just will not ship in this hot weather because – it just cooks the wine. I mean that's that's the word that's used. Mm. It it cooks it and it just destroys it, so uh, so wow. they
1: uh, didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah.
2: So uh say order it for Thanksgiving but uh you know, not before yeah. you know, so okay. but yeah. Well, interesting um, interesting movie, interesting yeah. interview. You you need to check out the definitely need to check out that movie and uh, yeah, everyone, um, everyone out there check out next week we have yeah. a special all about wine show on cigars so next week oh, yeah it should be, should be funny and <laughs> that's fun. so
1: loud i don't know if it's that loud on hey, here, it is
2: loud yeah i don't know why is it. um yeah cap
1: louder. cap was actually in chat when the show started and he says looking forward to coming on next week And I said, uh, same here, good to be a, uh, going to be a fun show. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Cap Cap Kaplowitz.
2: I want to be able to sit down in my chair (laughs)
1: that that guy
2: that guy you should play the rest of the clip that's
1: funny (laughs) oh okay all right this is this is this is cap kaplowitz from from uh well at the time that he was on uh, talking about uh, the cigar show and everything that he does so uh, this is a little clip it's yeah it was hilarious i want to be
2: able to sit down in my chair and have my ashtray my cigar a little bit of a libation if i decide to have that and and i want to be able to just be there and if somebody comes over to me uh i, I want to be able to yell at them and tell them to go away <laughs> cool. and i wanted my voice to carry and it carries <laughs> better indoors when yeah. i say why are you bothering me <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's cat can't man. miss the
1: he's going to be on and the whole the whole crew uh is going to yeah, be on we got uh a, what do you have four four guests four, four, guests four, of, four
2: guests of them guests? yeah uh yeah, yeah. Coming we got on. Craig and Mike and Phil and uh, and Cap is going to be on. All cigar people, all of them very knowledgeable in cigars. All of them write blogs. All of them review cigars. If you have any questions about cigars between now and then, definitely get them into us because uh, they'll be more than happy to to address any of your mm-hmm. questions. And so, uh, uh, <laughs> but it it should be a fun show. So. Yeah. So that's coming up Me next week. Sure. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, then in, uh, on August mm-hmm. the 11th, we have a guest uh, that he just needs to confirm. I won't, you know, announce stuff until I get a confirmation, but August 11th, we got a guest coming up. So, so uh, huh? we've uh, got some exciting weeks coming ahead for us here, so stay tuned to yep. All About Wine.
1: Sounds like it. Yeah, good plan. Uh, we'll see you all next uh, week, which will be, uh, I don't know. Oh, the 28th, June 28th, 28th. or July 28th. Oh, wow. July. i in the wrong month. <laughs> yeah. <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> July 28th. It's already almost August. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Have a great uh, week uh, ahead and a weekend, and um, be safe. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next thank week. Laurie, with, uh, Cap- thank Lori Miller, and Megan
2: yeah. Bell oh, yes. again. For being yep, our guest tonight. absolutely,
1: yeah, and very, very be good, safe very good guest. And go out there and check, check, uh, check out their websites as well. Um, yeah, see okay. Uh, right, wine dot film and uh, marginswine dot com. All right, yep, you we'll see y'all next week. Thank you.
2: See you next you week. Way. Be safe.
1: Oh. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. All About Wine. Okay.
0: I'm just a green room. Oh, okay.